We read it from Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 1. All four of the gospel writers, obviously, include a record of the crucifixion and the resurrection. As you look at all four of the gospel writers' record of these events, you'll find some different details that surface in some of the uh, records that are not in the others. That's simply because you have four different points of view. Uh, John, of course, was an eyewitness of a lot of this because he's the only one that's mentioned around the cross. Uh, Matthew, of course, being one of the remaining 11. Luke and Mark were not with the original 12. They got their information by interviewing other uh, individuals uh, that were involved. Mark, uh, notably, uh, church records show that most likely he got his information from Peter. Luke simply says he interviewed a lot of people. He said, I went and talked to the eyewitnesses, if you look at his introduction. But they all put their uh, stories together, and you get a good picture. So we're looking at Luke's account, and there's two different ways a lot of times that we analyze a passage of Scripture. A lot of times you'll take a passage and you'll zero in on one verse, and there's a lot in that particular verse or a couple of verses where you just zero in, take a microscopic view of it. But then a lot of times you can zoom out, if you want to put it that way, and look at a big passage of Scripture, and then you'll look at a recurring pattern in that passage of Scripture, and that's what we'll be doing tonight. We'll be looking at three separate experiences in Luke chapter 24, three different groups of people, but one recurring theme and one recurring perspective. And this enables us, this perspective will enable us to better make sense of the events and circumstances, not just of Scripture, but the events and circumstances in our own lives. Uh, we'll get into it, and it'll all begin to make sense. In Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 1, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified in the third day, rise again. And they remembered his words. And they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose, ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves and departed, marveling to himself at what happened. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which is seven miles from Jerusalem. And as they talked together of all those things which had happened, so it was, while they conversed and reasoned, 
that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained. They did not know it. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have one another as you walk and are sad? And the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have not known the things which have happened there in these days? And he said, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed, and the word of God for all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they, him they did not see. And he said to them, O oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the story and the reality of the resurrection. Father, we need to know these things. We need to share these things. May we leave here throughout this week serving as if we serve a living Savior and sharing that life with others around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Of course, we had looked at some of the details concerning the empty tomb what we want to zero in on is verse 4. As it happened, the women, as they came to the empty tomb and found the stone rolled away and the body of Jesus was gone, it says they were greatly perplexed about this. Now, the word perplexed, I looked in several English translations to see if there was another word there, and the word appears in just about every other English translation, perplexed. Well, I looked up the Greek equivalent of that word, and the Greek equivalent of that word means perplexed. So I wanted to look up what the word perplexed means, because I don't use that very often in everyday conversation. It means to be confused, to be puzzled. It's mentioned again earlier in the New Testament, to be puzzled, to be bewildered, to be baffled. They just didn't understand what was going on, and they were more than confused. The word perplexed means kind of confused and troubled about being confused. I would say that would kind of wrap it all up. Well, how did the two men clear these things up? Because they didn't have the answers for what they were seeing with their own eyes. And this was some pretty shocking things that they had seen because if you remember, they came to the tomb because of their love for Jesus. They came to the tomb expecting to find Jesus' body, and it was gone. It was gone. So we understand they would be perplexed. How did they clear this up? In verse 6, they said this, He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. How do we clear this up and make sense that I'm seeing something that I don't understand? I'm seeing something I didn't expect. And there are no ready answers. 
And the angel said, we can clear this up right now. Remember what Jesus said to you, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. So Jesus told them about this. Not once, but many times. I want to look back in Matthew and look at least three of those times and look at how clear Jesus is as he explains what's going to happen in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, if you look in this particular chapter, he's at a place called Caesarea Philippi with his disciples. So we know this is a separate event. And is Caesarea Philippi, in verse 21 of Matthew 16, from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. Look at this and be raised the third day. Did you catch that? Now, it doesn't say that he showed them this. It says he began to show them this, which means this was the first of several times, multiple times. He just began on that day to tell them about this. So we know this was at least once, but this one time says that it happened again. Now look in chapter 17, verse 22. And this is exactly what the angel was referring to. While they were staying in Galilee. You remember the angel said, you remember in Galilee what he said? So we know these women were present. It wasn't just a group of the disciples together. These women were present because the angel said that they were with him. While they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him and the third day be raised up. They were exceedingly sorrowful. What did they hear? They heard the first part. And the first part shocked them so much, they weren't listening to the whole story. They didn't hear the second part. And then if you'll see in chapter 20, verse 17. Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes. They will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and scourge him and crucify. And the third day he will rise again. Jesus told them over and over and over again of what would happen. They obviously only heard the first part, and when the first part happened, they didn't remember the last part of it. And the third day, he would rise again. Now, verse 8 is the turning point of this passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 24. This is what made all the difference, and they remembered his words. We would think that, they, that seeing the empty tomb would make all the difference. He's not here. He is risen. Hearing the angel's word, he is gone. He's risen. He's alive. That would make all the difference. What made the difference and cleared it all up for them? They remembered the words of Jesus Christ. That's important for us to know because sometimes the events of this world are going to confuse us. Sometimes the ways things turn out in our personal lives are going to confuse us. How do we make sense of it? They remember the words of Jesus. 
and when we remember the words of Jesus and get the biblical perspective from the teachings of Christ, it clears up a lot of confusion that we that's unnecessary in our lives. Now we go to the Emmaus Road, verse 17. We understand they're walking on the Emmaus Road. This is two other guys. And one of them's name is Cleopas. We don't know who the other one is. And they're talking about what's going on. The, the Greek translation says they were having a very heated, animated discussion. That meant, if we want to put it in second grade English, they were using their outside voices. They were talking really loud to each other. Jesus pulls up. He's overheard it. Not that he couldn't overhear a whisper, but he overheard it. And in verse 17, what kind of conversation is this that you have one another as you walk and are sad? Then one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which have happened there these days? And he said to him, What things? Now, of all people, Jesus knew what happened. But but what did he do? He said, You need to tell me about it. Tell me what's on your mind. He wanted to hear from them what was bothering So, they said to him the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how the chief priest and our rulers delivered to be condemned to death and crucified him. But, now that word right there says, this confuses us. When they say the word but here, it means that things are about to turn direction here. But, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. And beside all these things, all this, this is the third day since these things have happened. You could say it this way. We were hoping he would be the one to redeem Israel. But they killed him. They killed him. Now we're confused. We had our hopes in what was going to happen. And now we're disappointed. The events of the weekend had disappointed them crushed them, wounded them. Have we ever been there? Where the way things turned out just completely break our hearts. The events of the weekend disappointed them and hurt them. But it, it gets takes another turn. Yes, and certain of the women of our country who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. They did not find the body. They came saying they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. They astonished us. The word astonished, I wanted to look that up, that's a little bit different than perplexed. It's a little bit stronger word than perplexed. The ladies at the tomb, they were perplexed. They were confused and a little bit troubled that they were confused. Now, the word astonished at the woman's report said they astonished us because you know what they told us? They told us he wasn't in the tomb. Now, this is a Greek medical term, the word astonished, and it means to drive out of one senses. In other words, they drove us out of their minds. They just, they blew us out of the water. They astonished us. It just blew us away. It drove us just completely. We can't understand this. It surprised us. It, it alarmed us. It astonished us. So the events of life disappointed them. The actions of others astonished them. Just when they thought they had seen and heard it all, boy, did they ever see and hear something that they hadn't ever before. So, what's the turning point? Verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expanded to them all the scriptures 
and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. How did Jesus make sense of what they were talking about? He said, let me show you what the Bible says about it. The events of life disappoint us. The actions or the words of others astonish us, and we're just driven out of our, we just can't even make heads or tails of it. He said, let me make sense of it all for you. And in verse 32, after he had disappeared out of their sight, notice what they talk about. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures? The key thing that they remembered when Jesus was out of their sight, not that you just see that, he just disappeared and went away, and it was Jesus we saw. No, it says, uh, I felt it right here when he was talking to us from God's word. It hit me right there. So what's the recurring theme? The ladies at the tomb couldn't find answers for what they were seeing, and they remembered the words of Jesus. The ones on the Emmaus Road, could not make sense of the things that had happened over the weekend. They were, dis they were disappointed. They were crushed. Jesus shared with them the words of Scripture, and that cleared it up. And then we have the meeting with the other disciples. Look in verse 33. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. By the way, that's a seven-mile trip. But you can put it into perspective. From this driveway up to the new Exxon station is six miles. So you go just a little bit further to go into Magnolia, that's seven miles. They had already gone to Emmaus. And by the way, they were heading west into the setting sun because they said the day is far spent. Could be why they didn't recognize Jesus at all is that they were looking to the side and the sun was in their eyes. But then again, their eyes were hidden. Of course, they sure weren't expecting to see him, so obviously they didn't recognize him. But they went all the way back to Jerusalem, that's 14 miles in one day, and found the 11 and those who were with him gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. They told about the things that happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and he said to them, Peace be to you. But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I, myself. Handle me and see. A spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. But while they still did not believe for joy, he marveled and said to them, do you have any food here? Look, look at verse 41. They did not believe for joy. It was just too good to be true. And they couldn't believe what they were seeing. Now, they were already confused. How's that? Look in verse 11. The women from the tomb told them what happened at the tomb. And no doubt they probably said what the angels said. Their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. Idle tales. This is another Greek medical term. It refers to the senseless babble of an insane person. That's how, that's how they perceive it. These women have gone nuts. They've gone crazy. 
They're talking like crazy people. That's crazy talk, women. That's exactly how they responded to them. Now, good note here. They had heard more of the teachings of Jesus than these women had. They were more responsible for getting a grip on what had happened than these women had. But they still didn't get it, did they? How many times had Jesus told them he would rise again the third day? How many times? But they still didn't get it. And they still didn't put the pieces together because they still didn't believe. And then Jesus clears it up. Look in verse 44. And he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all the things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. What he said is, the Bible said in all three of the major sections of what would happen. This is the biblical perspective. It all makes sense. And he opened their understanding that they may comprehend the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise again from the dead the third day. What he said is this, this was all part of God's plan from the beginning of the scriptures. And the scriptures talk about this. And if you look in the scriptures, it makes sense. The whole weekend makes sense. And so we realize what is the recurring theme here. Three different groups of people, confused about what's going on, can't get a grip, life has just kneecapped them, knocked the breath out of them. And in all three of these, they're reminded, you'll find sense of these things in the words of Christ. You'll find sense of these things in the other scriptures. And when we look at the God's word and we listen, to what Jesus has to say and really listen to his words, then these things make a lot more sense. We ignore him or don't listen or forget like these people did. What were they doing? They were floundering. They just couldn't get any traction. But now once they were all reminded of the words of Jesus and the words of Scripture, it clears it all up for them. So there is the recurring theme. That's why we do what we do here. To get familiar with the scripture, to remind ourselves what the scripture says about God, about Jesus, about eternal life, about this life. It's all in here. And the pattern is this. Once we remember what's in here, it sure can turn a situation around. Is there any word before we close? Let's stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer.